I believe that living is an opportunity portal and that life is a gift and that the exercise of living is being given a stage, a stage on which we can actualize the unmanifested. Welcome to Create New Features, a show about thought-provoking ideas and practices you can use to create and shape your future in life and in business. Join Aviv Shahar, author and innovation strategy consultant, as he shares his proven strategies that have helped clients create breakthrough results. Aviv has guided executives at Fortune 100 companies, and now he wants to help you. Welcome to Create New Futures. This is Aviv with a new episode, and this one explores the anatomy of flow and bring the focus to what I call the aerobic zone of productivity. Here is the essence of my conversation with David that brought these ideas to life. What is your productivity secret? Is how David started this dialogue. The question made me pause for two reasons. First, I could not remember ever examining my life through a productivity lens. Second, I did not think I have such a secret. What do you mean by productivity secret? I asked. Well, David said, for as long as I've known you, you always seem to be engaged productively in multiple endeavors and on multiple fronts. What is your secret? I chuckled and said to David, I don't know whether how I do my work and live my life is a secret. What I can tell you is that I've never focused on productivity as a goal because I don't view myself as an economic unit. Rather, I see myself as a creative unit, a conduit of opportunities and service. Service that is made possible when I am in a state of creative flow. To further clarify my response and elucidate this thought process, I added, to develop the readiness necessary to respond to life's opportunities, I have to focus on capacity building. The best and fastest way I have found to build capacities is to put myself in what initially feels like an impossible situation by taking on more than I think I can chew. As you know, I said to David, once I set a goal for myself, I am driven to achieve it. To be successful in this scenario, therefore I am compelled to convert what initially seems impossible to a possible and manageable situation by finding new capabilities building greater capacity, and creating innovative solutions. Giving me a quizzical look, David asked, so what does that capacity building process look like? Well, here are some examples that illustrate my capacity evolution journey. 12 years ago, running one large and complex corporate project stretched my capacity. Two years later, I easily managed 
two large projects concurrently. Today, 10 years later, my capacity has expanded to the extent that I'm working with five international corporations on six large, complex projects, each of which requires me to collaborate with multiple executives and develop and deliver a series of strategy workshops and leadership events. Concurrently, I'm advising and coaching several CEOs, creating a series of workbooks and new discovery tools, and writing several new articles. I also am involved in three non-profit endeavors, including an intergenerational dialogue project, and I'm writing and recording new content to contribute to my spiritual community. So my capacity is about four times greater now, both in volume and range and scope, than it was just a few years ago. How is that possible? Well, to be able to manage all these endeavors simultaneously and reach successful outcomes, I had to indeed build greater capacity. Come to think about it, perhaps there is what some might call a secret, although, because it is in plain sight, it's really not a secret at all. Most productivity advice involves creating systems and structures to organize work. Being organized is a given if you want to interface concurrently with multiple Fortune 100 companies and executive teams. My premise is more fundamental. I strive to do whatever is necessary to enable me to be in the creative flow, what I call the aerobic zone. I'll expand on what I mean by the aerobic zone or the aerobic zone of productivity after I establish a core premise for living. I believe that living is an opportunity portal and that life is a gift and that the exercise of living is being given a stage, a stage on which we can actualize the unmanifested. This means that I must work diligently to be available and ready to engage in the opportunities that show up in my life, to produce optimal development and outcomes for the opportunities that present themselves, I must be in the flow. In that state, I am fully present, energized, healthy, and focused on the person and or the situation in front of me. The work and the interactions feel effortless and often are fun and serendipity and miracles abound. This is the aerobic productivity insight. To attain that state, however, I must work my way through the anaerobic process by diligently addressing everything that undermines or obstructs that creative flow. In this current context, aerobic productivity implies being in the flow, applying the energy and intelligence arising in the moment to serve situational needs. My role model is Tanya, the best nurse I have observed in action, flowing gracefully from one patient's need to the next. 
she demonstrates aerobic productivity by being one with the needs around her and by serving as a conduit of help and know-how. Although the counterpart of aerobic productivity, anaerobic work, may have a negative connotation because it means you are not in the flow, it actually plays a critical role. Specifically, it represents the work required to return to or get into the aerobic zone, where I can serve the existing need in an optimal way. Because the organizing principle is serving the opportunity need optimally, I must take the time to take care of business, which includes managing the anaerobic transitions between one aerobic zone opportunity and the next effectively. That aspect of my work involves constant effort to be resiliently ready, physically fit, mentally present, and to be engaged in a resourceful way and to be spiritually attuned and available. All of those things while I'm working to be available, to be ready, to address the portfolio of opportunities that present themselves to me on the various fronts that I'm working on and engaged in. Being in the state of flow allows me to dance with the situation, free of concerns and preoccupations, other than serving the need in the moment. I've been inspired by observing flow with, yes, the best nurses, the best gardeners, the best car mechanics, and yes, the best athletes and actresses. They do not look like they are working. There is a quality of elegance and grace that accompany people who operate in that zone of flow, producing the exact service and the results needed. Going back to David's question, if there is a secret, it is that my organizing principle is to serve the opportunity I am in right now, optimally. I categorize three broad opportunity fields. Field A involves serving creative opportunities on my own. Writing this article to clarify the aerobic productivity concept for myself is a good example of being in the flow. I feel energized with a heightened sense of well-being, awareness, and attunement as I articulate for the first time a process that has been intuitively working in me for years. Fields B and field C are similar and include opportunities to serve situations that involve others. Field B encompasses the people in my personal life, such as my family, my close friends, my spiritual communities, and others who I choose to serve and help because I can and because I care. My contract with those in Field B is not defined by the exchange of money for service. In contrast, Field C includes clients and the people I serve through my work, for which I do get paid. Then there are those who enter field C and then migrate into field B. Even though there are differences between field B and C, the guiding and organizing principle 
is the same in both, being present to the existing need and serving it in the best, most optimal way. In field B, for example, I may be in a conversation with Sarah, my wife, or in a dialogue with a friend, or leading a structured conversation with a circle in my community. In field C, I may be engaged on an advisory call with a CEO, or leading a senior team through a strategy formulation. All these situations have one common requirement, that I be a useful and effective conduit of help, offering the best, most optimal support and service. How am I called to be of service in each of these scenarios may require a range of modalities and a full behavioral spectrum. In certain situations, I am called to offer witnessing presence and active listening, that is, listening level four. In others, I may be called to diagnose, to solve, to mentor, to coach, to offer alternative solutions, entertain, be humorous and disarming, and or to offer guidance, confidence, and encouragement. The guiding principle is meeting the opportunity needs of the situation, caring and serving in the best possible way I can. To offer this degree of readiness, I must be present in the moment and available. This is why a big part of my work is taking care of all the other, those anaerobic matters and needs. When I am in the moment, in the flow, I am inside that aerobic zone. In contrast, when I am in an anaerobic state, I may be out of tune or preoccupied and unable to be present to the existing need because of range of reasons, including that I may be lacking the situational energy to guide how I can best serve this moment in time. Field A is a source of nourishment to fields B and C. If I am not in the flow myself, I cannot be of use to others. Therefore, to be available in fields B and C, I must provide field A what it needs. The pragmatic implication of responding to opportunities of field A is that the best time to do anything is when you are present to it. The best time to capture an idea is when it emerges. The best time to further the development of a concept is when it presents itself. I may be, for example, in the shower or swimming when the next idea shows up. I try to write or dictate it as soon as I can in order to make space for the next development to take place. That practice illustrates how I treat myself as a conduit. When an idea comes through, I must generatively engage in developing it to enable that opportunity flow and make sure I do not block the faucet through which other ideas are waiting to emerge. For example, when I must develop an agenda for a three-day workshop, I create it while I am on the phone discussing the workshop with a client. 
Together, we create the prototype framework in 15 minutes because the need is present now. Alternatively, I will create the agenda right after the call when it is most fresh in me. For me to be available to act on the generative input that emerged from the conversation with the client, I must create the space to do so. This is why I do not schedule or engage in back-to-back meetings. That simple practice is an example of organizing to be available and enable flow in the zone of aerobic productivity. Now it's your turn. Turn the key. Identify your opportunity fields. Discover your aerobic zone where you create the best results. Produce your best contributions and results by removing obstacles and resistance so you can enter the flow. Thank you for listening. Aviv always encourages his clients to identify the one or two ideas they can move forward into action immediately. What will you capture and apply today? You can always begin with a small action and then build momentum over time. When you move forward from an idea to action, you get immediate ROI, return on the time you invested, and return of learning. And then the learning cycle builds the success propulsion. One more thing. You can reach Aviv directly by phone and email to discover how he can help you create a new future for your business and organization. Creating your new future can begin today.